Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition here of Beyond the Cover. I am one of your co-hosts, John Robb, of course, joined by my wonderful co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how you doing? Doing great. How's it going? It's doing pretty good, going pretty good. Great guests we got on tonight. We've been talking about this for the last, you know, three, four weeks that we're able to have author Kate Carlisle on, who, of course, is the author of the Fixer Up series, which you can see on Hallmark Mystery Channel, Come to Life with the Fixer Up series, um, and Jules the star of that one, uh, so she stars in the character in that one, but Kate's going to be also talking about her latest book, which is coming out, it's a bibliophile book, and it's called Buried in Books, and it actually drops on June 26th, so if you're listening to the show before then, go pre-order it, and if you're listening after it, go buy it, um, and so yeah, so that's going to come out June 26th, Buried in Books. Uh, I want to remind you all that all of our books, all of our, what, 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 what? It's it's a good book. I've read it. Okay. So. Yeah, I didn't finish my my thing. You guys, you guys finished my thing. So yeah, all of our shows are brought to you by Kensington Books. Visit kensingtonbooks.com, kensingtonbooks.com for more information on all of their stuff. Okay, now what, Jeff? Yes, great book. Yeah. Awesome it book. It is. Love talking about these books. I love this. is my favorite subject. I love whodunits. I love cozies. Everybody knows Agatha Christie, without a doubt, my number one favorite author of all time. So I am so pleased to be able to bring her on to the show. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah, we want to thank you so much for coming on. It's great to be able to speak to you. And, of course, you know, your book's coming out buried in books uh, June the 26th. Not a fixer-up series, so people that might be expecting that, you know, that the Eve of Destruction is the last one, and that one is out now. But this is a bibliophile mystery, so this is another series you have. And then, So tell us a little bit about Buried in Books. Okay. Um, Buried in Books is book 12 in the bibliophile series. Uh, my character is a bookbinder, and she specializes in rare book restoration. And in each of my books, she's working on a book or connected to a book that provide it's, it's sort of the catalyst for the murder, the mayhem, the mystery, the plot, the characters, secondary characters that all revolve around this book, um, besides this, the regular characters who go in and out of her life, because it is a cozy and all those characters are very important. Um, in Buried in Books, there's a library convention in town in San Francisco, and it's also the same week that she's going to get married to her longtime love, Derek Stone, master British spy and uh, oh. bon vivant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so in this book, the book that she is working on, she's, she works on it after it's given to her as a gift um, at a surprise bridal shower. Um, and it's The Three Musketeers. And the connection to the Three Musketeers, I always put a little connection to the book in my books. And the connection here is a couple of her library college friends, they were 
three best friends going to school. And the two girls have been invited to the bridal shower by her mother. And she hasn't actually seen them. And they all broke up. They weren't friends for the last 10 or 12 years. But in college, they were the three musketeers. So one of the girls gives her the three musketeers, a lovely, very expensive copy, and uh, uh, murder and mayhem ensue. <laughs> nice. One, one yeah. of the things I've always been curious about is when you're reading a mystery like the kind you write, you have the main character who has a unique profession. Then you have the best friend slash sidekick. And then you also have the romantic interest. And I'm wondering for you, what is the most important thing for you to write of those three? Well, Brooklyn, my character, is clearly the most important because everything sort of revolves around her and her profession, uh, bookbinder. But um, I would say she used to have a sidekick, but her sidekick went and married her brother. So her real <laughs> sidekick, right now, I would say, is her um, fiancé, Derek. The two of them are real partners. They, It's not like... Um, I've read series, and I, you know, I love, I love these kind of mystery series, um, the amateur sleuths, I guess you'd call them, um, where as soon as the couple gets together, I guess it's the moonlighting curse. They, you, uh, yes. you have to find yes. ways to get the guy out of town or something, <laughs> because because it yep. doesn't work with the two of them. But with Derek and Brooklyn, they have been together since the very beginning. In the first book, he he found her uh, with her mentor holding the book that uh, got him killed, So, and he accuses her of murder. So, you know, it's obviously destined to fall in love. Um, but, um, of course. Of course. They, um, they've been together. They're really good partners, and they support each other. And um, so... He's probably the sidekick that uh, and the love interest in 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 this series. Okay. So, yeah, and, and for and, all the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, 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 no! Please finish your thought. I was just going to say, um, you asked what's the most important. I, it's obviously Brooklyn, but Derek is is really important that I get him right because um, he's very sort of in the James Bond tradition, except that he's madly in love with her um, and doesn't go from woman to woman. Um, <laughs> but um, he's, he's, um, he's British. He's MI6. So his whole world is very tightly knit. And Brooklyn grew up on a commune in Sonoma. So she is just, open and loving and, you know, peace and love. So they're, they work really well together in that they are complete opposites. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, and I, and I was going to tell everybody, just in case, you know, the younger generation, Moonlighting was Bruce Willis's first appearance, really, <laughs> and it was a TV show, and it was extremely funny, and it was his character, David Addison, and her boss, Madeline Hayes, and you just have to go see it because it's on YouTube and you can check it out. And then, you know, Miss DeBasso, or I forget how to pronounce her last name, 
Um, right. It's great, but it's funny. And it's where Bruce Willis is, I think, actually out of one of his best as an actor because it's a really funny show. I, He's really good. I thought so, too. And it was one of the yeah. first times we ever saw him, and he was just so fabulous in that in that role. And I guess I'm dating myself because I can still remember remember oh. that series. Yeah, that was just fantastic, um, without yeah, a doubt, because it was, again, one of those shows that I always loved because – there wasn't really an underlying storyline. There was just sexual tension in every episode, but it wasn't an underlying storyline that you have to have now in all these shows and it just bores me mm-hmm. to death. So, right. you know, which is another reason why Hallmark Mystery Channel is so wonderful, like in your Fixer Up Mystery series, because you can watch really the fourth movie and, the, or, and then the first one and then the fifth one. And then the second. You don't really have to watch them in order because they're all the standalone and there's the mystery um, uh, you know, right. aspect yeah. of that. So that's great. So, but I'm wondering, yeah. so when you decide that you're going to, you know, like create another character and you're going into another series, like from Fixer Upper Now to the Bibliophile, how important is it to you that your main character's occupation is important? How do you go about kind of picking an occupation for them that's going to fit with what you're trying to write? Right. Well, that that kind of goes with the genre, the I hate to call it cozy, but that's what, you know, that's the marketing term that they've chosen for right. these books. Um, traditional mystery. But as a cozy, that's almost the first thing you choose, you know, because they want that niche, that um, special, you know, extra thing. Uh, so, you know, if it's ice cream shop or hat shop or, I don't know, cupcakes and you know all these right. uh, funny niche type books. I I didn't know I was writing that kind of book when I came up with the bookbinder. Um, I had a good friend who was a bookbinder, and I had always I you know I guess we all did. We haunted old used bookstores, and you know I was always looking for a little gem um, that I could bring to my friend who would re- refurbish it and you know spruce it up and make it look beautiful. So. That was a that was a clear choice. That was my first. Um, the the bibliophiles bibliophiles came first. The fixer upper mysteries. I was looking for another series to write, and it sort of just popped into my head uh, to to make it a contractor, a female contractor. And the reason why, well, there's a bunch of reasons why I came up with the contractor. The first one is that my father was a contractor. So I grew up on these on these um, construction sites, and you know it was a big thrill to get in the truck and go to the dump. I mean that was the highlight of yeah. our day. Because um, junk for a kid is fun. It's fun. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun, and you know little tool tool belts and things like that it was so yeah. silly. But I had that, and my my brother was a painter, a house painter up in San Francisco, the big you know Victorians. So I have a lot of that in my in my family um, and a female building contractor just was something that hadn't been seen anywhere for some reason. Nope. I don't know why, nope. but uh, they're pretty rare, I guess. Um, so that just kind of hit me and to make it a cozy, it had to be a small town and Victorian architecture. And, you know, I added on all the little, little goodies that make it a, you know, that fit it into the genre. Right. 
So mm. I, I didn't really, I couldn't do a cook, cooking culinary mystery. I can't cook. <laughs> I can eat. I like to eat. So, so you're cook. saying that you can refurbish a Victorian house then? Absolutely. Are you kidding? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And you know what? And then while you're doing it, you get someone else in the cupcake series to bake you your food. That's how you do it exactly. there. Exactly. That's how, how I do it, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, could you tell us how the fixer-uppers became um, a Hallmark staple, essentially? Um, yeah, that was kind of a total fluke because um, they had a couple on. I I mean, I'm, I'm such a sucker. I watch... Hallmark Channel. I mean, I'm yeah. after after I've watched all the news of the day, I have to I have to go to uh, my happy uh, Hallmark Channel place because my mind uh-huh. is filled with craziness. Um, so the movies and mysteries channel, I was watching it early on, and there were a couple of series on. There was a garage sale mystery and a flower shop mystery, and I think the yeah. bake shop mysteries were on by then. Um, yeah, and I just told fan. my agent, I, yeah, I told my agent, I said, get me, you get me Hallmark. <laughs> now I just, I put it out there and it turned out that my agency also represents Joanne Fluke, who does the oh. Hannah Swenson Bake Shop Mysteries. Ah. So, yeah. So she came before me and so they had the, they had the, you know, L.A., the Hollywood agent hook up with Jewel. And, I mean, there was a whole – it took about a year in the making because sure. um, suddenly they knew that it was – Hallmark liked it, and then all of a sudden Jewel came on, and that just sealed the deal. Oh, but cool. um, it's kind of funny, yeah, because they um, they didn't use my first book. They they started with book two, and the first book sort of sets up everything, but they thought it was a little too risque for Hallmark. Oh, um, and wow. I know. It's a little crazy. Um, I can't even describe the little bits and pieces that they uh, didn't hmm. want to use, but Hallmark is very, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're, well, very you know they're very cozy. What? And like we tell our audience all the time is, you know, you didn't have, you didn't pick any of this stuff. They did what they, they, they got the rights, they bought them, and then they do with what they want. Because sometimes people will get mad at you or the author and be like, oh, well, why is Jewel in there? Why did they do this? Why did they? And you're like, and you're just like, I didn't do this, people. Come on. <laughs> I, had, I had comments on my Facebook page that said, why is she a blonde? Right, exactly. Because Shannon's Shannon's a redhead, you know. I just was like, I was so happy. They can do whatever they want. I love, I love what they did with the series. I think it's really cute, and you know, couldn't be happier, really. But uh, it's just funny how they change everything, including her name. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes. So, thinking with. And thinking with the book that, you know, it's coming out here, Buried in Books, and again, I want to remind everybody that we're speaking with best-selling author Kate Carlisle, author of the Fixer Up Mystery Series, which, again, we were just talking about, which is on Hallmark Mysteries, and the Bibliophile Mysteries with her latest book, Buried in Books, comes out June 26th. 
You can go to katecarlisle.com for a lot more information. Your website is wonderful. I'm looking at it right now. So when you decide now, you know, you kind of got everything done, and, of course, the the big thing is always the crime and the whodunit part. How – agonizing is that for you to you know make sure that it's a little bit changed up and it's not like kind of the same mo's and the same kinds of things because you can fall into those habits of just all of a sudden you're like oh shoot i wrote this in book five already i got to try to change it up how agonizing is it with like to 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 keep it going and to keep it fresh especially with the crimes which is you know like for me the highlight of the books Right, I I agree. Um, it, it's interesting because one of the reasons, one of the fun things about the bibliophile picking that that profession for my character was that she uses all these really dangerous tools, you know, the, these um, sharp all all you know that you could just puncture someone's neck with, <laughs> and uh, and. Uh, it, it's, they're sort of like sculpting tools, so you know you could you could hurt someone, put their eye out at least. But um, I found myself with a couple of the books, you know, they die from a bullet wound. I mean, somebody has a gun and they shoot them, and I thought that's just not right. <laughs> um, so it is something that I have to consider. And um, in this one, the the buried in books title um, is very important to the the way that the victim dies. So that's one thing. But in future books, I'm hoping to use some poison ink and maybe get, a, you know, poison paper cuts and things like that. I just love to play around with that kind of stuff. Nice. Well, uh, <laughs> please remind me not to ever make you angry if I ever come to your house. Um. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is, is very afraid all the time. <laughs> when you start your books, do you already know who who done it, or do you get surprised as you write? Um, I plot extensively, and I always know who done it until I start huh. writing the book. And in my last four books, I would say at least two of them, I changed the I changed the victim and I changed the killer. So I'm. It's like I'm writing by the seat of my pants. I, I have this extensive plot, and then I forget that I wrote it all out. And <laughs> because yeah. the book sort of takes over, and the characters take over. And my books are very character-driven, even though they're murder mysteries that should be plotted out. Um, so I don't always know. I I usually know who's going to die. But I don't always know who did it because sometimes I just sort of fall in love with that person, that supposed killer, and I have to just switch things around, and you know, because I don't want him to go to jail or her, you know, <laughs> if I really gotten used to them and um, and like them as a character or a friend. So um, I don't always know. Now, have I you ever know. heard or read how <laughs> Agatha Christie wrote her mysteries? Well, I read her autobiography, or her. I read a mm-hmm. biography of her, but I have completely forgotten. She wrote an interview that I had read a couple years ago where she literally, she says, I write the whole book, and then I go back, and then I figure out who did it. 
No way. Yeah. Wow. So she literally said that she would write the crime, the whole thing, and then she would go back and then figure out who did it. And then that's how she did it. So, and I was like, that takes some guts. I mean, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then when you start watching and you start seeing, you know, the TV, like, you know, just like Murder on the Orient Express and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and how intricate things have to be, I mean, that's, I mean, that, I mean, that's just a huge tax. So I, it was interesting yeah. to kind of hear you say that you kind of plot it out, but then characters and things start taking over. So uh, for, like, new authors starting out, uh, you know, when when did the characters really kind of start talking to you? You know, like, uh, I mean, when did your main characters really kind of just start taking over for themselves? And when you're writing them, it's, it's you're not even really doing it anymore. You're just kind of going along with the flow. Right. Um, my since I write two continuing series, they they're pretty much in my head all the time. Uh, <laughs> but um, I have to say, when I when I started the first bibliophile book, um, *Tomicide* and *Hardcover*, I wanted to have two men in her life and sort of switch back and forth, not for too long, because I I didn't want to carry it on too long, but I wanted to have two interesting love interests in the book. And by the end of the first book, Derek had just said, no, 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 no. I mean, he just took over. I I couldn't get the other guy in there. It was just sad but anyway it worked out for the best for Brooklyn <laughs> but uh, I did have another guy and then I then it took me like eight books to find someone for him because my editor was in love with this other guy Gabriel who continues to be in the books but um, she was I, I picked out this one girl this sounds ridiculous um, these are real people to me but I picked out this one girl and he was going to you know, go out with her, and my editor wrote back and just said, no, 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 no. She's not good enough for him. <laughs> ah. so, but I finally found uh, uh, he's met his match in a fabulous new character that came along in just a couple books back that I created. Yes, she's also a, was a secret agent, and she c- bakes cupcakes too. So, you know, she's perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I have to yeah. ask about titles. Um, do you come up with the titles, or does your publisher? It, it seems like mysteries of this uh, type all have to be a pun if they can be. Yes. Yeah. It's, the, it's harder to write the title than the book, I swear. Um, yeah. <laughs> I usually come up with them, or I have a good friend that will sort of brainstorm together. And she's very clever. She came up with Eve of Destruction for the fixer-upper. But um, the the bibliophiles, you know, and also there's a lot of book-related mysteries in this genre. I don't know if you've noticed. There's the library lovers and the, um, yep. I don't know, magical, magical cat bookstore and whatever. Oh, so yeah. there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of competition for these titles, and I get... It just makes me so angry when I see a really good one that I <laughs> that got away. But, um, we've come up with a couple. I I usually come up with them. And okay. uh, my uh, my editor wants you know they'll they'll 
throw I, I'll I'll give them a couple time you know choices and they'll throw a few around and you know run it through marketing or whatever they do mm-hmm. in New York <laughs> and then um, but I usually come up with them. Yeah, I have to say, as a librarian, I hate uh, being responsible for dealing with so many dead bodies. So just letting you know. <laughs> yes, I do. Now, I'm not asking you to pick your favorite <laughs> child when I ask this question, because you know it's going to be one of those things. But in the in the bibliophile mystery series, and this is the series we're focusing on, because buried with books again, everybody comes out June 26, so make sure you get it. But of course, now that there's 12 books in the series and somebody is in there and they see you in the bookstore and they, you know, buy Buried with Books number 12 and they go, now I'm going to go back. Do you have one that I should read next in the series after they buy this one right now? Would you point them into a certain direction? Well, if they haven't read the first one, see, I don't think they, these have to be read in order because the mystery is all-inclusive. It's just the, you know, the character development and people like to, especially cozy readers, love to have them all in order. But um, if you were going to read this one first and then go back, one of my favorites, and I hate to, I hope they're not listening, my books, I mean. Um, one of my favorites is A Cookbook Conspiracy. Because... Ah, number seven. <laughs> yes, number seven. We're Very fans. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the reason is that I, I sort of created this um, whole background of a, a diary of a an young woman, sort of an indentured servant, who was hired on as a cook's assistant in, in the old country, in Europe. And then she came over with her boss, and who was the general of the British Army, and the whole thing is the, the American Revolutionary War. And she wrote a diary. And it's similar to a diary where you, back in those days, you would do the recipes and they were insane. You know, first kill 12 moles and, you know, dry them out and then, you know, wait six weeks and then use the, the powder that develops and stick it in a pie. I mean, they had the craziest recipes. And um, a lot of it was... Um, first aid and things like this. Anyway, we're talking about the 1700s. Um, sorry, this is taking a long time. But no, I wrote, fine. I wrote her diary. And it's so, yeah. it was so much fun. And the whole book revolves around her sister, Savannah, who is a chef, a, a Cordon Bleu trained chef. And so her mentor is opening a restaurant in San Francisco. So it's all about food and it's got this whole background, and Derek's brother comes out because he's he's, he does maps and, you know, um, symbols and things. He studies all that for MI6. So it was really a fun book, and that was and, – and it also had a few recipes in there. So that was now, fun. That was fun. And then, and, now, now, and then one more other quick question. Was there another book okay. in the series that when you kind of look back and you look at just the mystery itself – just the intricacy of the mystery. Is there one in there that gave you maybe a more difficult time or that you look back and you're like, man, you know what? I really, I think I really got that one good. Cause mine <laughs> is one book in the grave for me. Oh. That's the oh. book that I, 
that's the one where uh, when I when you look at just the mystery itself and just the just the mm-hmm. mystery that you have, that's the one for me that I was like, yeah, she she hit the home run on this one because this was this was an intricate one that I mean I was stumped and even when I kind of found out I was like, damn I missed a lot in this one for some reason. <laughs> wow, and that had one of the best villains. Yes. Yeah, see, and I'm a no huge spoilers. villain person. I'm a huge yeah. villain person. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. That and that centered around for the for the bibliophile aspect. I really loved the paper yeah. making. I thought yeah. that was really cool too. Very different. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, but is oh, that, yeah. but is there a book where you have a mystery like, like like I said that you know that maybe you just feel a little better with one that gave me gave me a little trouble or just more fun to write maybe. Well, the one, the the one that, ta- that when they're um, excavating for the caves up in Sonoma, um, the wine country, um, ripped from the pages. Ripped from the pages. Um, that one. A number nine. Yeah. Number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Now that was based on the book that is involved in that book is Journey to the Center of the Earth, and the the plot in the book is that they're they're building a they're excavating into the mountain to build a wine cave for the winery she was raised on a winery because why not you know i had to do research um so they find a body behind a wall of a, a cave and it's weird and it was um difficult to make it you know real if you know what I mean, because yeah. the body couldn't be a skeleton. They had to be able to organize it. So that it was an airless chamber, basically. So had to do a lot of research yeah. on that one, especially the wine caves part. So last, so last question then is, mm-hmm. are there any more plans uh, on the Hallmark Channel for any more Fixer Upper, or have they decided to kind of go – and maybe see bibliophile uh, mystery then now on there? Do you know anything about any of your books on Hallmark? Well, I would love them to do the bibliophile mysteries. That would be a a dream. Um, I'm not sure what their plans are. They were supposed to film um, a fourth one this summer, but um, I don't know what's happened with that. I mean, they keep me sort of involved, but not not too much. I think Jewel might have scheduling problems or something so hmm. I'm not sure when that'll come out. They have three so far and they're really cute. Yeah, they <laughs> but, are. Uh, oh, I, they're I love them. They're great. Yeah, I hope they do a fourth, but we'll see, I guess. Okay. All right. Um, well, Kate, kind of, yeah. uh, well, I'll tell you what. We want to thank you so much for um coming on and talking to us. And are you going to be any place? Are you doing a book tour for this one? I'm not doing much of a book tour, I, but I am going to um, the Poison Pen in Phoenix in Scottsdale. Okay. Um, they're having a nice uh, little party for me, and that is June 30th, I think. It's the Saturday after oh, the book okay. comes out. Great bookstore, too. Then, Great bookstore. Isn't, oh, yeah, I love it there. So I always go there. Um, I'm doing a couple of library things, but... Uh, you know, there's one in Beverly Hills, and there's, you know, it's all over the place. But not a real tour this time. 
So not too much. Not More online Thank stuff. You. People can find you on Facebook and Twitter and do all the fun stuff like that on the social media. Yes, I'm very active on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and uh drives me crazy. Awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Social media, a weapon of mass destruction. There you go. I love it. Mm. So, okay, we again, we want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute joy to to to, to talk with you. I mean, uh this this was such a pleasure, so thank you. Thank you so much. It's been great and um I listen to you guys all the time, so I just wanted you to know this was really fun for me. Oh, oh my thank lord! You. Yeah, <laughs> you <gotta come> yeah. <laughs> There's our listener. I knew we had one, and now we got her. <laughs> it's me. So. It's me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, again, Kate, thank you again so much for coming on. And everybody, the book "Buried in Books" comes out June 26. So, listening now, pre-order. Listening after, go get it. KateCarlisle.com, best place to find out everything she has going on. So, Kate, thanks again so much. Enjoy and have fun in the desert because the weather's going to start getting warm because it's getting warm over here in Ventura County. So, I'm sure you're going to feel. Oh it. yes. Yeah, I will. Thanks okay. again, you guys. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. So there we go. There we go, Jeff. Beautiful, man. I love the and you know I love the whodunits, man. I can't get enough of that stuff because oh. it's the puzzle I like. I love the puzzle. Yeah, and having uh, dealt in uh, binding with books in the past, I just love her bibliophile mystery. So it was a thrill to talk to her, and I love Jewel as uh, the hero of the Fixer Upper. So hopefully we'll see some yeah, more of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I just thought that the. Um, I, I mean, I, I just love all those. I mean, I just love all those. I just love all those mysteries. Because even when you read a thriller, and you know, there may be like a little twist at the end. Well, that's unexpected because you didn't see the twist coming. Because they don't always have twists. I mean, James Bond didn't have twists. I mean, you knew who the bad guy was, you knew who the good guy was, and then they come together, and then he wins. You know, but thrillers today have twists, and you know, there's some turns and bad cops. But you're not, and it's fun, but you're not expecting it sometimes and that's why you're like oh that was a nice little twist but when you get a mystery and you know that you have to try to figure out the who done it part i'm a huge puzzle person i love to put together puzzles and for me this is just another puzzle and when you start reading authors you start kind of picking up on where they drop their clues kind of in murder she wrote the movie the the, the show you started seeing all of it's like why did they just show a close-up of a pen well, there must be a reason for it, right? So you start <laughs> exactly, catching yeah. those little things. Yes. You know, I just remember when you see, and it, was, and it started, if people um, can go back to season one and forget the Sherlock Holmes one, because they really didn't do it in that one, which was the very first murder she wrote. But if you go to the second one, and it's called Deadly Lady, I think. Um, I think it's like Deadly Lady. But there's a shot in that one where close to the end, Jessica sits there and she goes, well, just try the shoe on and see if they're yours anyway. And the girl goes, all right, they are. So she sits there, she takes the shoe off, and they show a close-up of her putting on the shoe. And then take it off. It's like, well, why was that important? Because then Jessica's like, she can't be the killer because she would have had to walk on rocky pastures and her foot was perfectly clean. And you're like, son of a bitch. That's why they did the (laughs) (laughs) close-up. So... That's why it's a yep. puzzle, and that's why I like these books. And, I, and, you know, and they're called cozies because someone has to call it something, but they're a whodunit, plain and simple. They're a whodunit. 
Yeah, it's so much fun to try and solve before the it is. hero does. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm about, I don't know, I'm about 60%. Uh, I would say my percentage is higher. Oh, really? Really. Yeah, I'm about yeah. 60. I'm about 60 with not just the person, but the how and the why. I mean, like the whole thing. Not just like, oh, well, he did it. Well, then I can kind of, I like to, I can already kind of figure out, like, the how, the why, and the the things of those things. But, yeah, I'm about 60. I don't know. know? I I have a tendency to just see, you know, something and go, well, why did they, as you said, why did they mention that? Or, you know, they kind of didn't mention this. Why did they not mention this? Right. You know, I mean, I will say that in our first book that we have coming out, I was very careful about stuff like that because I think about stuff like that. So when people read it and then, you know, trying to figure out who did it and the whole thing behind it and like how, some of that is there's 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 two instances where that's in there, but it's blown off as a joke to where I try to make it like it is nothing. Like it was like joke, like like what the fuck are you like like why are you saying that? Like that makes no sense. Or something to that effect, you know what I mean? To try to blow it off. But then now, when you get revealed at the end, you're like, like son of a bitch. Not... <laughs> yeah, no, joke. something like that always makes me like, No, yeah. that's there's that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, because then I'll cause then I'll lay that stuff out sometimes throughout the book and it, and it really doesn't mean anything. So Sometimes you got to pick and choose, right? You know, I, 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 you know, but you always have, you know, you always have some of the, you, you have some of the big clues that come out, and if it's so well known, then you know that it's probably taking you into a different track, and you have to say, okay, start, stop thinking about that track, but think how else it could go, because that's probably where it's going to end up being, and that's kind of what you do. But uh, you, I don't you know. I Agatha love Christie. Him. You mentioned oh. Agatha Christie, and. My uh, my favorite of hers is Murder of Roger Ackroyd because that's one oh, I yeah. did not see coming, and I love that book so much for it. Yeah, so that's your favorite Agatha Christie book, huh? Yeah, by by a landslide, just because I was just so blown away by the story and how she pulled that off. Um, boy, I mean, see. It's always the ones that you kind of read first, right? That kind of that kind of get you. And for That's me, true, Death yeah. on the Nile was the first one I read. Um, I read Death in the Air, um, which I thought was great. Which Murder She Wrote used to a T, pretty much on a on one. Uh, <laughs> Murder in Mesopotamia. Um, appointment with Death. Uh, gosh, I mean, those are like, I mean, oh, um, Ten Little Indians, which actually yep. that's not what it was originally called. Um, <laughs> you don't want to know none. what the original, you don't want to know what the original name was. I know, I know, but that's what, <laughs> that's what I've seen it as recently. Yes, like, I know. You want to change, um, and then there were none, you know, that's a classic. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um. But you know, I mean, those are those are kind of the ones, and you know, murder, murder of Roger Ackward was one that I read kind of late. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of one that I read kind of late, um, and I was always Perot. I always read everything Perot. Miss Jane Marple, little bit, 
I kind of got into some Miss Jane Marple stuff, like, um, what was it, The Mirror Cracked, um, something like that. Um, oh, like Murder in Downtown or something to that. There was a couple, but Perot was my guy. I, I read the Perot. I loved the Perot mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, I mean, great. I haven't read all of her books. Yeah. I admit I haven't read all of her stuff because there were so much other great whodunits. I mean, Sherlock Holmes, I mean, that stuff. And that's a that's an intellectual whodunit, though, with action. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's a little different kind of whodunit. Those are freaking hard. Um, and sometimes they're not really whodunits. You know, if you know it's Moriarty just playing around, then it's not really, you know, it's Moriarty. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, right. Yeah. Well, we um we got Alan Jacobson next week, everybody. Um, so he'll be on the 26th, and then we're also going to play for you on the 26th that Jim Butcher interview that we did with him. So that that'll be a, a good treat. Fun. Yeah. So we will um definitely have both of them going on. You know, and it's funny because. Jim Butcher kind of says the same thing that Kate Carlisle does because she was like, I hate calling them cozies, but I guess, you know, you have to, you know, the publishers or whatever, they name it something. Jim Butcher talks about that subject on Jeff's question in that interview. Uh, he's going to talk about genre and the writing of it and stuff like that. Jeff asked him a question, and I thought he, I thought he gave a great answer. So, uh, and he's a really funny guy. I mean, he was really funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. We kind of got off on a little nerd action there. I mean, we could have done a (laughs) lot of nerd action, put it that way, because the three of us on the phone call, we all realized that our middle name was like comic book, and we probably all spoke Klingon at one point or another, and we all did Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Uh, That was easy to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, yes. Yeah. So you got to admit, we we nerded out tonight, too. Yeah, we did, but you know, Kate brought us back. She was, um, you know, she was the aunt because uh, I ain't gonna say mom. She was the aunt that was like, okay, niece, okay, you know, okay, nephews, relax, relax. This is, <laughs> you know, so she was the calming influence on us. <laughs> that I, I would agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, all right then, everybody. We want to thank you all for joining us. Of course, if you want to. Ask Kate a question, or you want to ask anyone a question, you can always email radio at suspensemagazine.com. And one thing we are doing right now, I'm not sure how long we're going to keep doing it, but um, we're doing it right now, is um, I just started doing this, is if you want to send me your first five pages of your manuscript, I will edit them for you back for free. Now, the one thing I'm not That's editing, an amazing though, offer. And I'm not editing spelling, I'm not editing grammar. you got to do that on your own, because if you can't spell and you can't, do with grammar then there's no hope for you anyway i'm going to basically see if you're writing a story and how you're doing it because a lot of people always say the mistakes you make in the first five pages are the mistakes you're going to make throughout the book that's true and agents won't go farther right they won't you know they just won't and i got a couple of them and i will say i've already done a couple i got a couple of them the other day because i just put out on twitter and i started getting some so i did a couple and both of them make the same mistake, which is they want the first chapter to be so suspenseful, kind of, that it that it they they forget to create the characters, and they forget to create the scene because both of them had me in a white room looking at blank faces. 
I didn't know what anybody looked like. I didn't know how anybody, old anybody was, and I had no idea where I was standing and what I was looking at. Oh. So I was like in a white room with blank faces. So if you want a reader to not give a shit about your characters, write that. Wow. Because from that point forward, I didn't care who lived, who died, or what happened to them because I didn't even know who they were anyway. And, you know, and I will say this, research your topics. If you're going to use cartels, Taliban, terrorist organizations, you have to do it one of two ways. You either do it 100% factual or you do it 100% fictional and bring no factual stuff into it. That's my recommendation, yeah, Jeff. Do you agree? And you can't really do it the second way and make it work. Right. It's tough, which is basically doing this, which is coming in. And this is what I told somebody. They, were, they wanted to make a they, – they said, oh, they said, well, this is the third largest cartel. And I said, well, have you researched that and do you know that for a fact? Because if you don't know that for a fact, you can't say that unless you're making them up. But if you're making them up – don't say they're the third largest behind this one and this one because now you're using factual information with fictional stuff. I said, there's no point in that. I said, why don't you just state, you know what, this is a cartel that you know, drives $100 billion of revenue a year. People will figure out for themselves that they're massive. You don't need to put a number yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, and I said, so make sure that you do those things. I said, because – you know, and I said, don't be so secretive because you're trying to be so secretive in this first chapter. But then when it gets into like the second part, you're basically just explaining everything. And it's like, so you don't need, you can be suspenseful, but you don't need to be secretive. Make it to where people don't know. Because in the second book that I read, there was someone who was going to kill somebody at the very beginning and she was in disguise. I didn't know she was in disguise. I had no idea until the person said something, but there was no interaction. And they were killing a prominent figure, and my first reaction was, where's their security detail? They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't be walking around this place, which was in a church. They wouldn't be in this church without a security detail. And they, they, if they just walk out of a confessional, and all of a sudden he looks up and he goes, Sister, but you never said this person was a nun, and you just kept saying she, she, she. But then the second chapter, you, you give her her name and say that, blah, 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 why didn't you just give her a name at the beginning? You didn't need to be all that. Who cares? That wasn't, right. it, it, there was no need to do that. Give her a name because I still don't know what she looked like. I didn't know what the hell the church looked like, and I had no idea what the other, what the other victim looked like, and then there was no one else around. You have a priest and a confessional, first of all. And, I'm, and if you're in a big Catholic church, and, a, and this was set in a big city, I'm like, there's probably going to be other people that she's going to have to maneuver around. I said, so you could create her character right there by how cunning and how smart and how intelligent she is to be able to maneuver around all these people, kill this person, slip out unnoticed. Now, all of a sudden, the reader knows, wow, she's smart, she's intelligent, she's cunning, and she's ruthless. Because she's doing this in a church. And I said, you could sit there and say that as she's, you know, putting the knife, I, you know, I'm not going to give it away. As she's putting the knife into the back, she's staring up at, you know, Jesus on the cross. And she has, and, you know, like no emotion. Or she feels, you know, whatever. She doesn't, she feels no pity. You know, all of a sudden you say that and you're like, wow, this, this bitch is ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know? yeah. But there was none of that in there. And I'm like, that's, I go, but you could build that whole scene right then and there 
because you know and i said cuz that's what you're going to do because if you're if you're making your killer your protagonist then it's either one of two ways either you're going to make and i said you're you're either going to make them to where you hate them because you know who the killer is now so they're like the antagonist as a protagonist so you know who they are and then i'm going to see who the cop is that's going to chase them so i know everything or this person was wronged by some by some organization and now she's going after him, so I'm going to like her because she's actually going after someone because she was actually hired to do this. So I'm like, you're doing this one of two ways. You know, either she's going after the organization who did it because they, they fucked her, and now they want to kill her to tie up loose ends. So now I've got to like her. So you've got to make sure I like her because I yeah. need her to win. Yeah. That's, the, that's the Dean Koontz series right now, Jane Hawk, which you just described. Yeah. She, she's going so, after the organization and, that screwed her. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that's what you got to do. So I need to know that. I need to know that all of a sudden, boom, hey, I just killed not the wrong guy, but he didn't do what you said he did. So now now you're going to come after me. Well, I have to either run or i got to go after you because you're, you know, to take you down. And I'm like, and that's probably the way. And I go, that's the way you're going to go, which means now i got to like her. So you might not want to make her so ruthless, which means she has emotion, which means if she sees that cross and she sees the crucifixion on there, she starts feeling empathy for what she's doing. You know, maybe she feels a little empathetic. You know, you know, maybe, maybe she cares for the victim as a way to she's going to prop him up. So, you know, she knows she has to kill them, and that's the thing, but she's going to make sure that he doesn't look bad when he's found. You know what I mean? Like hunched over right. or slumped over. Like, he's gonna, like she's going she's gonna to make sure that he looks okay. And you bring that across, and it's like, oh, well, she has a heart. Even though she's a killer, she has a heart. You know what I mean? So yeah, but send them in. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know so, I do my best. <laughs> what I was going to say is that uh, for folks going to Thriller Fest, you mentioned research. I'm actually teaching a class on research uh, for craft. Nice. So yeah. Nice. So is that going to be on the winter or the Thursday? Thursday morning. Thursday, Thursday morning at okay, cool. nine a.m. Yep. Nice. So nine to ten. Yep, and then I'll be uh, moderating an agent and editor panel, and we'll discuss a lot of stuff we discuss on the show. Yeah, yeah. And I will tell everybody, Agent Fest works. If you're thinking about doing it, it works, because we literally just signed an author from PNWA, and she's going to be on Suspense Publishing. So her book's going to come out in December. Her name is Bailey Day. And not to mention, she's 17. That's how good she was. Unbelievable. That's so good. So she's 17. Bailey Dave got her from PNWA in Seattle, and they have a pitch fest up there too. Theirs is really organized. I will give it to you guys, man. You guys got that shit organized to the T. I love it. And oh, good. <laughs> we try. You because know, Thriller Fest is just that. It's a thrill fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more like speed dating. It is. It's speed dating, but the problem is, is that not every you know agents and stuff sit there with people sometimes too long and you get long line waiting and then they try to get rid of somebody where in PNWA it's you honk the horn, you sit down, you hear the horn, you get your ass up. And if you don't get up in 10 seconds, someone's tapping you on the shoulder and they're saying, you get out, this person's coming in. Yep. And I wish there was some way we could do that at Thriller Fest, but uh, the logistics of the room don't make it work for us. I mean, you always have to do the horn thing and be like, you hear the horn, you sit down, you hear the horn, you get up. So someone has to just yeah. do that. I mean, that's the thing. And then maybe just have one other person in the room that when you see the horn, you don't see them get up. They walk around, they tap them on the shoulder, and they're like, you got to go. You know, that's that's about what it would take. I mean, you could do it. So, 
But that's about what you would well, like. I, well, I help out at that too, so um, yeah, I'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, 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 see if you can. I mean, because I know it would really help out because I know that when we sit there, it's like, um, it's hard sometimes because it's not only hard to just say, you know, you got to go. It's a lot easier when you know they have to go because there's a lot. I mean, most of us are really nice, and some guys or girls in there pitching, and she's in there, and we're talking, and we're like, okay, this and that. All of a sudden, boom, it's gone, and you don't want to be the one that says, okay, bye. I mean, but you're right in the middle of a conversation, right? You're like, you know, trying to be. So when that horn blows, it's like, oh, okay, well, here's my card, and we'll talk later. But, you know, yeah. it, horns make people run. That's what I know. <laughs> well, and then All right, well, Dan, we, I wasn't going to go this long, but we ended up go. going this long. Oh, so, yeah, true. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Alan Jacobson and, of course, Jim Butcher. And thanks again to Kate Carlisle and Buried in Buxom's at June 26th. Make sure you get it. Go to katecarlisle.com for more information. So until next week, everybody, thanks again so much, and enjoy. See you soon. Have a good one.